pleased to welcome Diane Blazek to Ken Drew's Real Dirt Gardening 2.0. Diane is the Executive Director of All America Selections, the AAS, and the National Garden Bureau. Diane's going to tell us about the AAS and, if there's time, about some of this year's winning plants. These plants demonstrated distinctions or improvements when grown side-by-side to varieties that were considered to be similar and formerly the best in test beds across the country. We're interested in hearing about the trials, a bit of a behind-the-scenes look at how test gardens are set up all across the country, the process of finding subjects to grow and how winners are selected. And I should mention that this year, the nonprofit America in Bloom recognized Diane's work by granting the National Garden Bureau the Spirit Award in recognition of their activities promoting beautification with flowers and plants. Hello, Diane. Hello, Ken. How are you today? I'm fine, and I'm glad to speak with you because uh, you're going to demystify <laughs> all America selections for me. And well, be- I certainly hope so. I know you will. And before we talk about that, tell me a little bit about you. Well, I love gardening. I just think it's a very, very important hobby and pastime for people, um, especially in this day and age. I grew up on a farm, and so to me it's just in my blood, and I hope it never leaves. So (laughs) I continue to try to make more time for it. Well, you say you're not a gardener, but you've been in this business for a really long time. I have been. It's um, 20 years ago. I first started with a publishing company that serves the commercial side of horticulture. This would be the commercial growers and the garden centers. And I did that for 15 years. And now I've been with AAS and NGB almost five. So I, I guess uh, maybe the next thing to ask you is to tell, tell us more about All America Selections. I would be thrilled to. That's my favorite topic. Um, What's really great is that we just celebrated our 80th anniversary. So the organization was founded in 1932, and that alone is an interesting story because it was between the two world wars. So you think back um, to the economics that were happening at that time. Then we had World War II, and then you had the whole baby boomer and the victory garden things happening. So that's when AAS got its start, and the gentleman who founded the organization, his name is Ray Hastings, and he was with the Southern Seedsmen Association. Back then, we put man or men in the name of our organizations, Mm -hmm. unlike now. Um, But what he was seeing then is that with all the new breeding work that was being done at that time with both vegetables and flowers, that there were so many new varieties coming onto the market that there needed to be an organization that was a neutral party that would test and trial some of the new varieties coming onto the market to see if they were really as good as some of the claims there. That's how AAS got it started, got its start 81 years ago, and we're still doing that exact same thing, which is trialing new varieties that the breeders submit, and then they are grown out, tested for garden performance um, by between 60 and 70 different judges across North America, and only the best performers are declared AAS winners. Well, now I want to ask you about 200 questions, and I I hope I don't forget about the the whole regionality, which I know is something that you're uh, paying more and more attention to, but how, how are the trials, how is AAS funded? We are funded, um, there is an entry fee 
that comes with every entry that comes in, and that's nominal. That basically just covers our cost. So the main funding comes from assessments. So let's say you have a cucumber winner, and it is under assessment for five years from the date of introduction, and so they pay a percentage of sales to All America Selections, which goes to run the office and the main thing that we do, which is the PR and marketing behind the winners. So that assessment is going into that fund to do our marketing. Wow. So so all the trial gardens, how are they funded? They are all volunteers. Oh, really? So, yeah, they contribute their time. The judges contribute the time. The organization or company that they're with donates the space, you know, if there's any soil amendments or, you know, anything that having to do with irrigation, that is all contributed to the association at no charge. And if if a place, for example, if Penn State or something uh, wants to be a trial garden, what do they have to go through to become a trial garden? What we do is we share with them all the criteria that it takes to become a garden, and it's things like the person in charge has a good number of years of experience doing trialing because, you know, that's just a whole different animal. And so we basically look at their resume, so to speak. Um, we look at the amount of space they have. Are they willing to do this? Um, the, the forms, the judging forms that we give them. So they basically submit their resume to us, it goes to a committee of judges who um, part of them serve on our board, some of them are past judges, I mean past board members. So it goes to that committee and that committee basically, you know, does the whole vetting process and if that committee says, yes, we think this person should be a judge, then it goes to our board of directors and they vote and give it approval. Our judges are typically under a provisional stage um, for at least one growing season, sometimes two. And what that means is they have a mentor. Um, they're called provisional. Sometimes that gives us the um, ability to say that their scores will or will not count because sometimes people just kind of have a different a misperception about how they score. We try to explain all that ahead of time, but just in case there's a misunderstanding and their scores are really out of whack, then um, we do have the right to not include those. I can say since I've been here, we've never had that happen. Mm. The judges are well-trained. They do have their mentors. They have probably attended some of our meetings and summits before. So the provisional status is typically one to two growing seasons. Then we, again, look at the scores, talk to them, and they're, quote, promoted uh, to a full judge status, and that's where the majority of our judges are right now. We we approve between, I don't know, five to ten new judges every year. Uh, how many trail gardens are there at, the, at this time, Seven, do you know? Seventy right now. Mm -hmm. And that is something we're expanding, and not, to, not that I'm trying to segue into this right now, but the reason we're looking to expand that is because of the regional trials that we just started. Um, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that, but now I have about 12 more questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, what's the average size of a trial garden? Or are they all the same? Um, no, they're not all the same because actually AAS has four different trials. We have our vegetable slash edible trial. We have a bedding plant trial. We have a flower trial. And we have a cool season 
bedding plant trial, and then we have just added vegetative. So we may have one judge that just does one, for example, vegetables, because an expert in the vegetable field is probably not an expert in the cool season bedding plant field or, you know, any other combination. So in some cases, somebody may do just vegetables, and that's going to be the largest trial as far as number of entries in total garden space. For example, right now we have 29 entries for next summer, and that's a high from about 20 or 30 years ago. Mm. And if you think that you're trialing a watermelon next to two other watermelons that are currently on the market, that takes a lot of space. So multiply that times 30. <laughs> so our vegetable trials are large. How do the um, how do the different judges and these trial gardens uh, get the seeds or in the cases of vegetative cuttings uh, and how do they get the seeds for the former best plants as you said with the watermelon they might grow this year's entry next Mm -hmm. to two or more varieties that have been popular or judged best in the past right right that's i'm so glad you asked that question Um, Like I said, we have entries that come in from the breeders, and then we have yet another committee, and this is called a comparison committee, and these are definitely made up of our current judges. There's usually three or four judges on a committee. These people are experts in their field. You know, maybe they do all the seed buying for one of the major mail-order seed companies, so they have that knowledge of all the varieties on the market. So they look at this entry. They look at its characteristics and traits. They choose two other current items that most closely match those traits, sometimes it is a previous AAS1 or sometimes it's not. It just depends if everything matches. Then um, we in this office order those seeds, um, the, the comparison seeds. We order from the breeding company. The breeding company, again, donates that seed. And this to me is just one of the most interesting things is that you have a seed company donating seed to be grown against an entry which could displace it yeah, in the market. Yeah. And see, that just tells you the faith and support that the breeding companies have in All America Selections because they're all about, well, let's make sure the best thing is out there on the market. Uh, and these different trial beds, I know that, that they're di- in different parts of the country, so you have those things. And I guess somebody could say this was the best performer where we usually have mildew because we have cool mornings and it stays wet long, a long time in our region or something like that. But do you yeah. have guidelines as to uh, applications of fertilizer and pesticides? We do. Um, Again, the trial judges are experts in their fields, and they have a lot of past experience doing trialing and growing. So we tell them that if, you know, what we would like to do is not use anything, and let's just see how it's going to perform, because Mm -hmm. we do want it to be like the average home gardener. You know, you have home gardeners that are really good about fertilization and compost and doing this and doing that. But I would say the majority of people are probably like me and kind of fail to do some of those things. So what we like to do is have the trial judges kind of abuse it and Mm -hmm. not go over the top about babying these. However, if, just like you say, with powdery mildew, maybe they're in an area and they just always have powdery mildew and they see it coming on and so they need to do some sort of treatment, then we ask that they treat the entry and the comparisons all exactly the same. 
Wow. Well, one thing that I want to tell people is that they can visit the trial gardens. Or is that actually part of it? Do they have to be open to the public? Actually, trial gardens do not have to be open to the public. And I'll tell you, with today's day and age, um, the more we have plant patents happening, I think you're going to find trial grounds will be fewer and fewer open to the public. Um, even someplace like a Dallas Arboretum, they're probably going to have some trial grounds that are open to the public and some that aren't. And part of the reason there is just proprietary genetics, especially with vegetative products. You know, anybody could come in and clip a leaf off and then go propagate that. Wow, that's so, terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's today's day and age. Well, it's terrible that that would happen. Of course it would happen. But the yeah. it's also... I think I, I've see I see certain places. You know, I'll go around and I'll see a trial garden, and people are thrilled to see them yes. and to visit yeah. them. And so it's a shame that maybe some of them are not going to be accessible because that that's been a big draw. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing we can talk about is our display gardens because you would ask, how do the judges get? like the newer winners. Mm -hmm. So what happens is once an entry goes through the whole process of AES trialing and either is or is not declared a winner, once it's declared a winner, we send that seed out to the trial grounds just so that they can grow it again. But we also work with about 200 public gardens, um, garden centers, extension offices. We send them the seed of our winners for five years. That's that same time frame for assessments. Mm -hmm. So on our website, there's a list of 185 public gardens or public places that are open for visitors, and you just ask them or you look for the signs that say AS Display Garden, and all of our AS winners are labeled as such with our logo. So that's the part where we take it to the public and I say, see, okay, these are the winners that were announced within the past five years. This is what they look like in a garden in your regional area. Okay, I'm better now. I feel better. <laughs> well, you, have, have that little tie-in, right, about how people can actually see them, yes. Well, because uh, I like to see those, but I have in the past been, uh, I guess, I, I feel honored that I've been able to see the trials because I like to see how it goes. I like to see two two heliotropes that look pretty good and a new heliotrope that looks really good or has more flowers or is more compact and uh, I get the seeds uh, through garden writers and mm -hmm. uh, I think it was this yeah it was this year um, uh, there's a place that I I don't have much sun in my garden so I send it to a, a friend garden and uh, we grew the uh, perfusion zinnia perfusion double hot cherry we grew a couple things but the zinnia perfusion double hot cherry is great and uh, usually zinnias here have mildew didn't have mildew and it's very compact and it bloomed its head off and we grew it in containers mm -hmm. and I'm just telling you that because you mentioned the the pesticides because I think that's wonderful to try to not you know to really find out is that how is this plant better is it really better is it better in a way that it can tolerate things that uh, that past ones could not tolerate it's wonderful to have more compact growth or more flowers but it's to me it's as important to do well <laughs> oh i totally agree and that's and that's what the judges are looking for and just to throw in one more thing that's happening in the breeding world is 
that is one of the things they're focused on. You know, yes, they're focused on compactness. Yes, they're focused on things you can grow on your patio because our yards and our gardens are shrinking. Mm -hmm. But diseases, disease resistant and heat or drought tolerance, I would say are the two top things that the breeders are looking for now. Well, um, when I uh, mentioned that I grew Zinnia Perfusion Double Hot Cherry, that was a 2013 plant. I'm trying to get this straight because what what you're going to show people, uh, when, what you're going to promote or what's going to be available. Actually, tell me, what's av- going to be available 2014, 2013? Uh, how, you said that for five years there, some plants are are trialed or in the process of being trialed, but what do you, how do you reveal to the public what the winners are and what are we looking at and how how do we get them? Too many questions, I know. <laughs> this, uh, this is like an hour-long answer, I think. I could uh-oh. probably write a novel on this. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to be brief. Um, you know, I would kind of like people to ignore the whole year thing, but I am never going to be successful with that. And here's the reason why is um, – you have a distribution chain within the horticulture industry and keep in mind that we're not creating widgets that can sit on the shelf for a year Mm. we're dealing with live seeds live plants and it takes a while to get from the breeder announcing this aas winner or us announcing this aas winner which let's just take for example the ones we introduced three weeks ago um, we announced an orange petunia and we had a regional winner that was a cucumber So if we announce it to the industry and the consumer at the same time, then you have like distributors and mail order seed companies and seed packets. They have to order it from the breeder. It takes a while for the breeder to fulfill the order, ship the seed. Then it has to get in catalogs. It has to get on websites and it has to become available. So I would say in a best case scenario, if somebody wanted to order seed and they were looking for something right now, it's probably going to be four to six weeks before they'd be able to find it online. Mm-hmm. And um, so the way that we're naming our years, um, the ones that we announced three weeks ago were 2014 winners. What that year means is the first year it's available at retail. Mm-hmm. So last July, because the gardening season, you know, for all intents and purposes, was pretty much closed, you know, when you're talking about starting from seed, the July ones from 2013 were actually our first 2014 winners. Then in November, we announced the second batch of 2014 winners. And in January will be our last batch of 2014 winners. And um, we just repeat that cycle then every year. I'm speaking with Diane Blazek, and she's the executive director of the All-America Selections, and we're learning a lot about the AAS, uh, certainly a lot that I didn't know, frankly. Um, We can't get into the whole F1 thing, and I kind of want to, because uh, you mentioned before about people might, uh, you know, shouldn't be allowed into the trials, especially where there's vegetative uh, things that they might be able to, to grow from cuttings, but most of the things that are grown from seed if people collected seed from these plants, they're not going to end up with the selection that they're looking at, and because these are hybrids that are the result of certain crosses, and they and they won't, uh, you know, come true as they say. That you can't collect seed from some of these plants and then end up with the plant that you want. So you you really have to buy seeds again 
And another thing that I wanted to mention is sometimes the, there will be a winner and there's a lot of fashion in, in well, in this industry, but in all, all industry. And I, I may fall in love with some plant that I can never get the seed for again. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. And hopefully um, what you're seeing is, like we talked about the assessments that are five years, so an AS winner is definitely going to be available for five years. Rarely, rarely, rarely. I think I know of one or two in the history of 81 years of All-America Selections where and it's usually something like Mother Nature and a crop failure, but rarely will you find an AS winner that's not going to be available for a full five years. Oh. So that's the really good thing. That is good. Um, the other interesting thing about AS winners is we have we actually have some winners from the original years, 1930s, 1940s, that are still available. And um, it's just some good classics. Detroit bar- Dark Red Beat is, is still out there. And, can't name the others off the top of my head. Um, so it almost makes them qualify as heirlooms, some of our early AAS winners. And I think the reason why is because they were tested, they were trialed, they were promoted, people grow them, just like you with your Provision Zinnias. It's like, they really are good. <laughs> you know, so you can say so much, but it really takes somebody growing them and realizing how well they perform, um, and thus they almost become a classic. Wow. This is quite an education. (laughs) (laughs) We can always do more some other time. It it is. It's it's kind of a complex topic, and I want to simplify it for people. Oh, I'm not overwhelmed at all. No, 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 no. no. Um, I I had a lot of preconceptions about AAS, and uh, I have to. And now I think prejudices, and I'm I don't I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, I guess when the new things are promoted, I think oh well, you know. And there's other organizations that promote new plants, and often it's just, you know, the flavor of the month or, or like I mm-hmm. said before, fashion. But I, I can see with AES, these are, this is not just a new pretty face. These are plants, as you said, they've been tested, they've been trialed, and there are reasons that they're being introduced, and uh, that's very impressive. Tell me a little bit, we don't have much time left, but tell me about some of the t- 2014 winners. Okay, let's, um, I want to Start with this orange petunia. I know. I love the orange petunia. One, it it is phenomenal, and I think for your audience, it's it's a seed petunia, so it's going to be easily available. There's a lot of vegetative orange orange petunias, but from seed, nothing quite in this color range. The name of it is just perfect. So use your cre- creative visual thinking here. Um, African sunset. Even if you've never been to Africa, you've probably seen the Lion King or something. <laughs> so just imagine these beautiful shades of orange. And that is what the African sunset petunia looks like. So we're calling it a designer orange color. A lot of our judges um, are affiliated with universities or, of course, you know, have multiple university degrees. And they're like, my alma mater's colors are orange, and I really want to use this in my container plantings. So it's going to be great in mass. It would be great in mixed containers as well. And maybe one hit from the vegetable department? Let's stick with our theme and go with orange. We have a tomato that is Chef Choice Orange. And this one is, and I don't know if this is a no-no, but I'm going to say it's been hybridized from the heirloom Amana Orange. 
but this is what's happening in breeding now. You take an heirloom and you try to improve on it. Mm -hmm. And so this one has some of that disease resistance and very prolific as far as uh, fruit set. But it's a nice big beefsteak tomato and it's orange. It keeps its color when cooked. So it's just a delicious, and I love the name too, chef's choice mm -hmm. in an orange tomato. Well, and we're going to have links to the AAS website where you can find out about the display gardens and you can find out more about trials and you can find out all of the 2014 winners. And uh, we're going to be looking through catalogs trying to find these plants and uh, some of them will even be available at garden centers and nurseries. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you very much. It was my pleasure to be able to talk about something so to my heart. Well, that's a great thing about doing Ken Drew's Real Dirt because I learned so much. And now I know that the AAS award winners really are improved. They are better plants in many ways. Join me again next week for another edition of the show. I'll see you then. Mm -hmm.